0: Welcome to the Contracting Officer Podcast. If you work in the government acquisition world, this podcast is for you. Whether you work for government or industry, we're here to help you understand how the other side thinks. Today's episode is sponsored by ProPricer, the number one proposal pricing and cost analysis software used by federal agencies and small to large government contractors. Are you still using those time consuming, error prone spreadsheets for your cost proposals? Or are you frustrated by the limitations of your in-house
1: pricing tool? There's a better way. Your pricing tool shouldn't hold you back. It should have your back. That's why eight of the top 10 defense contractors turn to ProPricer.
0: With solutions for small businesses to large prime contractors and everything in between, ProPricer offers something for government contractors of every size.
1: Visit ProPricer.com slash podcast to learn more or request a product demo. The
0: topic for this episode is the execution time zones. These are the post-contract award time zones that are somewhat analogous to the acquisition time zones that we've talked about a lot. Let's get right to it. We spent a lot of time talking about the acquisition time zones and a lot of podcast time covering what happens during the acquisition time zones.
1: We did. And I mean, honestly, that's, that's only part of the story. The rest of the story is what happens after contract award and what happens after we leave the acquisition time zones and it's time to deliver, to perform, to get the work done. And this is what we're calling the execution time zones. This is
0: where most people spend their whole lives. If you're not in the acquisition world, either on government or industry side, you're executing, you're building stuff, you're delivering stuff.
1: Yeah, this could be depending on what it is. This could be eighty percent of the of, of of the entire effort, and so really, it's about awarding the contract or, or winning it. You know, is it was one part of this, but you got to perform and perform well. And so now it's time to talk about all that happens on on that part <laughs> after we've passed through smoothly in theory through the acquisition time. Right, zone. We've actually
0: talked about execution time zones quite a bit as we've released podcasts over the last year or so, but never really defined them. But before we get started, let's say a little thanks.
1: I'll let you do this one. And I appreciate uh, Tom Skypeck. He has been tweeting and retweeting our stuff for a long time. And he's a big fan of the podcast, big fan of our community. And I appreciate that people are helping us share this content. And so thanks to Tom Skypeck for, for continuing to share our stuff on LinkedIn and Twitter and everywhere else.
0: Before we talk execution time zones, let's recap what the acquisition time zones are. And this is back from episode number three, which seems like forever ago at this (laughs) point. It's a
1: long time ago, yeah. But
0: this is just the way that, that we've talked about the acquisition process and divide what happens when into different zones. And it's somewhat arbitrary in some cases, and there's actual hard dates where the shifts between zones happen in others. But the acquisition time zones, the requirements zone, the market research zone, the RFP zone, and the source selection zone. There's actually a separate episode that dives into the details of each of those, but episode three was sort of an overview of what those zones are. And that's what we're going to talk about right now is kind of do an overview of what the execution time zones are. And then later on, we'll have a separate episode where we get into the details of each of the zones.
1: So the execution time zones, the first one is the honeymoon zone. The performance zone, where the work's really getting done, the recompete zone where the work is getting you guessed it recompeted, and then there's the wrap up zone where we close everything down and the contract is finished
0: and like the acquisition time zones, it's kind of messy how you slide between the zones it's not always it's not always clean, and they don't line up one for one with the acquisition time zones, but there are some similarities between what you're doing on the execution side and what's happening. On the acquisition side, if there is a recompete of the same work happening, so where we are in the time period, so the contract's been awarded, all the acquisition stuff is over, and now it's time to deliver whatever was awarded, what, what the competition was all about. So all the source selection stuff's over, the debriefing's over, protests are over. Let's get
1: to work. That's where we are. Yeah, and for a lot of people, this is, okay, we can finally get the work done. You know, it's, 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 a, it's a significant emotional event, but it's actually a celebratory moment because that's what you did the whole process for. So it's kind of cool, it's time to deliver, right? And these execution zones apply to the analogy we used back on the acquisition time zones, which if you're buying a, a copier. These execution time zones apply because they're going to be shorter, but the honeymoon is, okay, cool, I want a contract. All right, give it to me. And then the performance is, <laughs> give me the contract or give me the, the copier, and then the the recompete well, if we don 't need another one we 're going to zip right through that, yep. and the wrap S- send thing. a bill, you get paid <laughs> yeah, wrapped done. up done and poof, just right through that,
0: but and the opposite is the major systems kind of thing, so if say you 're buying an f twenty two the execution zones could last a long time that the The acquisition zones lasted a long, long time on the f twenty two But the execution zones, it could literally be decades. I mean, think about going back. I mean, we always talk Air Force fighter stuff, right? Or Air Force (laughs) stuff overall. Or pigeonhole ourselves. Think about F-15s, F-16s, or on the Navy side, F-18s. Those aircraft have been in the execution zones for decades. They're still delivering those things.
1: Yeah, and they're in the performance zone for a long time. So whether they're in the recompete zone, it's going to be a long. And then, of course, the fun part is the wrap up zone. It's going to take a long time too, because you have thousands of actions and thousands of potentially thousands of mods and small things. And it, but those zones apply. So it's the same concept of all four of the zones apply to pretty much every acquisition we could think of. Uh, it Doesn't matter what contract type. Um, you know, a couple of examples would be if it's a one type, a one time purchase, like you, you buy a parking garage. All the execution zones are going to apply. Just like with a one-time service, if you did a study, you have hired somebody to do a study, same thing. Um, an ongoing, like a production contract for like consumable product, like you know, dry suits or, or vehicles or something you're building, right? And then, of course, the one we talk about a lot is the ongoing service contract, which is like a you know, an engineering technical assistance support, those kind of things, where it's a it's a recompeted contract. A lot of stuff that 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 gets done over and over. Well, then these these zones are going to apply. You're going to be performing and you're going to be doing all the same kind of stuff. And it's, it's really agnostic, to contract type or acquisition strategy. Right. All that stuff's in the past now. Let's right. get it done. The important thing to remember is that there's no grace for small business anymore. There's no, there's no special treatment. Uh, you, you may have, as a small business set-aside or as an a a or as a hub zone or all the stuff we talked about during the acquisition time zones, now that contract's awarded, that favorable conditions, those are out the window. There's no mercy if you don't do the work. Right,
0: right. all, all of the great help that the government gave you in winning the award was to help you win the award. Right, You don't get any help actually delivering it. Now it's up to you whether you're a small business or not. Let's hop into the execution time zones one at a time and just try to scratch the surface because we know we have another episode coming where we get deeper into each one. I know it's hard to keep you from getting deep, but we're going to try it Kevin.
1: So, <laughs> okay, again, I'll try.
0: Honeymoon. Performance, recompete, and wrap up. First one is the honeymoon zone. This is from contract award. Here we go. Everybody's happy. We've just started. Where does the honeymoon zone end? This is when you actually get things rolling. So at the end of the startup or transition process, and it's not a real hard date on when the honeymoon zone ends and the performance zone starts. You kind of know it when you get there. If it is a handover period where... The incumbent is has lost and is continuing performance while the new contractor is ramping up. Then it may be a hard date of here's the end for you if you're the incumbent and you don't have more work. But the point is, this is a sliver of time at the be- very beginning of execution. This is when both sides, hopefully, they're thinking, "Let's get started. This is great." Not, "Oh my gosh, what have we done?" You know. Hopefully, they the government's not saying. The last company that we wanted to win managed to win. They wrote the best proposal. Oh my gosh, this is going to be horrible. And hopefully the company isn't going, oh boy, we never expected to win that one. Now we have to deliver what? Oh, wow. Those proposal guys really wrote a good proposal about stuff we can't really do.
1: (laughs) That never happens, Right? right?
0: But it should be the most optimistic time for both sides. In, unless it's unless you're in that what have we done phase, it should be the most optimistic time because companies very happy to win governments finally through the acquisition process and is ready to start getting what they wanted to buy right
1: yeah and and really this goes back to they they are excited to get stuff done. The acquisition time zones were a means to an end, and so now that this it's it's the whole idea of that end is this beginning, so now the kickoff is the honeymoon that says, hey, let's get this moving right. And we start to do things like confirm all the things that we've actually understanding in the contract. We confirm schedules and milestones and deliverables if, if, if assuming that there are some uh, meeting times, like if there's a program management review that's part of the contract or there's travel that you hope is already actually adjusted for and, and priced in the contract and And just this is where the whole process begins of understanding what is going to actually happen. So the example with our, our copier. Is the the copier process? that There really wasn't a kickoff, but and the honeymoon was instance. It was like maybe a couple of minutes of yeah, I won. But in the bigger contracts, and we'll, we'll pick on the, the fighter example again, is that it may take a while to make sure all these processes are in place. Who is the person who's going to be delivering the seed drills? Who is going to be managing the program management reviews? Where are they going to be? Who's responsible for sending out the slides? I mean, there's a lot of stuff that happens. Right?
0: It could it, be it could be months on a yeah. on a big program, but. To get to that phase, but I, what, I think what you're trying to say is there's some type of of kickoff to the entire program, and it could be a phone call. It might not even be that formal if it's if it's the copier example. It might be very very simple, but if it's a major system, a a, a giant program, there are lots of pieces to put in place, and this is the point where what's in the contract matters. Everyone knows what was meant to be in the contract, but how are you actually going to do it? could be just a little bit different. And remember, the business development and the proposal people, the people that were part of that process, are, are out. Now, maybe some of the technical people that wrote the proposal are still people that are going to be performing, but in many cases, most of the people performing have no idea what they're going to be performing until it's time to go. And that... that whether it's software development whether it's you know janitorial services those people weren't part of the acquisition process but they're going to come and they're going to make sure that the place is clean
1: yeah they just get handed a contract look what we won go and it's an extreme explanation but it happens it yeah. happens that way
0: okay honeymoon's over performance <laughs> time this is the end of that transition period or end of the happy time before reality sets in now you're going to really start working. And how long does this last? This lasts until, in, in our somewhat arbitrary division of things, it lasts until the recompete, till the proposal for the next contract starts. And there's lots to talk about with recompete. Truth Uh-oh. is, the recompete starts, you are recompeting from day one of performance of your new contract because this is your chance to impress the customer, the government, with your abilities, or your products, or whatever. But for purposes of this execution time zone conversation, we're calling performance from the end of the honeymoon period until you start working on writing a new proposal, and we're calling recompete the activities that are happening while you're working to win the next award.
1: Does that make sense? It's it very well explained. And, and the, the one thing I'll point out is that yeah, the performance zone, it's going all the way till the end. The whole life of the contract. So yes, the I think there's a, a, a little bit there may be some confusion that the recompete and performance zones overlap. And that's okay because the requirements in the market research zones overlapped a little bit in the acquisition time zone. So this isn't an exact science, but we we let we set it up this way so that so that we we all kind of understand that yes, the contract is still running, but functionally things change when the recompete starts. So we're gonna go this performance zone is really focused on until those things start to change. And this this could be the vast majority of the time. It should be. I mean, you're delivering, right? That's what the contract was for.
0: This is where the government has awarded a contract, they want to flip the switch and the light comes on. You know, they they've given the contract, deliver my stuff. That's the That's way right. they want it to work, right? In industry, the other side, they've got the contract, they just want to make the light come on and and get paid. Yay.
1: Turn on the money machine. Make this easy. But
0: reality and, is on most most programs that are, are beyond just a simple deliver me this, this is the hard part.
1: Yeah, there's some, the truth is somewhere in between those two extremes. If it's never as easy as just the government turning on the switch and everything just works, and it's never as easy as industry saying, okay, here's what you ordered. Let's go. There's somewhere in between and this is where the processes that we built into a proposal are now being executed, and they may need to be refined. And, and the reality is, the plan that we build is now being put into action and tested, <laughs> and it <laughs> might need to be adjusted. And so that may result in modifications. And that that whole process is happening during the performance zone.
0: Yeah, and this is where part of the performance is delivering reports. This, you know, these these seed drills. You, data, you may be delivering more than just a thing. There's lots of little pieces of the contract that require you to deliver things to the government and then for the government to receive them. This is where contract modifications happen. You know we've had episodes on what is a core? Well, a core is the contracting officer's representative that's the the technical lead on the government side that's managing the program during the execution of the program. What is an Akron? Well, you don't care about an Akron and the money in the acquisition process. You care about it during the execution process. So this is where all that kind of stuff that we've talked about is happening.
1: So that's a good segue out of the performance zone into the recompete zone. And the recompete zone is essentially where the draft RFP gets released. Just, we start to hear, and this, again, this is a soft date. This isn't an exact science. But it gets to, we know that the recompete is coming and we're starting to do things to, to get ready to do, like the acquisition zones are starting to kick off, Right. And now the ending of this is going to be when the new contract announcement. So after the proposal and after the source selection, after all that stuff is done, and that's when the recompete zone is over. So the length of this is, like a lot of things in here, it's going to depend on the maturity of the acquisition. Think about how long it takes to go from RFI to contract announcement for an F-22. We've been using that as an example. It it may be days, it may be weeks, it may be years. F-22
0: is going to sound so dated before long. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, we should pick up something else. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, well, you know what? We'll start doing space program stuff. I went to Kennedy Space Center with my son the other day and I got a space program head, so we'll tar- start talking about some of their systems. But really, at this point, both sides are thinking, you know, we knew this was coming, and but it still sucks. Because if you think, again, at the end of the day, people are doing this work and you've been working with the same people for you know months. If it's a five-year contract, for four years, you've been working together. Everything's probably going well, maybe very well. And all of a sudden, you're like, uh, "We got to recompete this," which means we risk getting all new people. And so, unless the contractor performed badly, everybody's pretty uncomfortable with. Okay, we got to recompete, and that—that's—that's that's the recompete zone,
0: right? And I—I want to clarify again. Yes, we understand that you're actually recompeting during the entire performance. You are setting the stage for this recompete the whole time. But for the purposes of the execution time zone conversation. <laughs> We're just talking about when you actually start doing proposal stuff as a result of an RFI or really the draft RFP releases when things really start to get ramped up. And this is the complicated part because at this point, both sides, industry and government side, they're generally working the RFP proposal source selection process while they're still managing or performing on the previous contract. So if you're the incumbent – you're, you're pulling people off that are, that are required to deliver on this critical end phase of the program. You're pulling them off to help write proposal stuff for the new acquisition. And the, on the government side, the people that should be around during the critical stage of delivery at the end of a contract are pulled off, you know making briefings and trying to get through the acquisition process <laughs> on the government side. So it's a really complicated time, a very difficult time where lots of people can hit that burnout spot.
1: Because yeah, a lot of a lot of what the in, in the industry side people are sitting on in their car at lunch, sitting on a conference call because they're they're working on a task, right? But they got to be able to give this information. Well, they can't stop working on the task that the government is paying for under the performance of this contract to go help win the new work. So, guess what? It ends up being a, ni- a nights and weekends and lunch hour thing. And that's what I mean by burning lunch out. Lunch Hour? What's a lunch hour? <laughs> okay, lunch fifteen minute. Um, but you, the, the idea is that it's extra work. You know, it's it's really hard to to. Get that information from people without getting in trouble of you know having them in a conflict where it's like okay stop doing the work that we're performing to go work on the recompete because it's kind of like you know Congress not doing their job as they recompete for their for their next job it frustrates us when they're like well if you're are you campaigning <laughs> or are you working on your job see that that whole yeah that that's what it feels like they're campaigning you know. that's what they yeah, do that, yeah, exactly so <laughs>
0: <laughs> one one thing to remember here another complication with the recompete zone is the government is trying to build their requirements and write the acquisition documentation, they often need the incumbent's help to do this kind of thing. But the incumbent can't like, actually write the requirements documents and be a part of that, or they'll have an organizational conflict of interest problem. So the government's trying to get through this, get the information they need without causing more trouble down the road because they might want the incumbent to continue working, and they could, they could actually OCI them out of being able to be awarded the new contract. We actually had a program. The government ended up – it's a big program, complicated program. The government gave us a two-year sole source contract because they didn't have all the documentation they needed to compete, to re-compete it. So we spent a lot of time and energy during those two years not only continuing the program but delivering lots of documentation that was then going to be used to compete against us. Wonderful time.
1: That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> Awkward.
0: So, so last thing is, for a standalone contract, for a one and done, deliver me this, and then we're done, the recompete zone doesn't apply. You just kind of skip right from performance to this wrap-up thing, which is what we're going to do now. Skip to the wrap-up zone. <laughs> That's Right, so the wrap-up zone starts when the recompete zone has ended. This is when a new contract award has been announced. You, as the incumbent, have either won Or you've lost, and it it really it lasts until the contract is closed out. The active part of the wrap up zone is from when the award is announced until you have delivered your final thing or transitioned it to a new contractor. But in reality, it it sits dormant for a while until the closeout process kicks in.
1: Yeah, the active part of the wrap up zone can go fast. Uh, It 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 can feel really fast, but. The closeout period it, it can it can like you say, it can drag It may be years before they even get around to closing it out and, and and it's not a sexy part of contracting so it's not like everybody's lining up to do the closeout so it's a whole uh, different story
0: blowing the dust off the files trying to figure out what happened seven years ago exactly
1: got to close out those rates and and why this is happening is again this is the SECA, the Competition Contracting Act striking again is this is this is the whole thing we've been talking about on the podcast for a while now is that contracts have to be recompeted. And the example would be the wrap-up zone may only apply in the commercial market, like when I had to fire our accountant. Well, think about what an accounting firm does for you. They know all these things about your company. They, they're, they're wired in with you, right? Well, the wrap-up zone is me extracting them for our company and then inserting a new accounting firm. That, that's the closest analogy I can come up with on the commercial. And I'm sure that happens in the commercial market, but it's not required to happen. Whereas Seeker requires it to be done this wrap-up zone you have to recompete contracts you're
0: guaranteed you're going to hit that awkward phase and have to <laughs> extract data from one and incorporate it into another unless the one wins again
1: yeah so what's really happening here is on the government side they're they're working to integrate the new contract but they're all, and I, I say this from experience i use the term walking on eggshells around the incumbent if if they lost because at when the new contract starts, the people you've been working with for the last four years, you know they're not going to be there. Or the, the provider, the, it may only be the contract specialist on their side that you talk to via email. But the point is, it's a little bit awkward because you know that they're not going to be supporting you anymore. Yeah, so and if you're the them, incumbent,
0: yeah. it's, it's a horrible time because you're not really happy with those people you have to deal with. You might be quite angry with those people that you still have to deal with to get this thing wrapped up.
1: Because they just kind of fired you. Yeah, it's, yeah not, it's,
0: it's not fun. And the other piece is, if you're, if you're the incumbent, You're losing sleep over the fact that you got to keep your employees around to finish up the contract. If you didn't win the follow on, people are jumping ship like crazy. You have to have a plan for how you're going to keep people together to deliver whatever is required. Or if there was a transition, if it's a services contract and there's a transition built in where you have three months to let the other contractor get up to speed, you may have a really hard time keeping people around for three months because. They know when the contract ends, and if they need to get a new job they're going to go get it whenever they get it, regardless of when you want them to stop working
1: yeah' because, I mean at the end of the day, these are people right We always talk about people are performing under these contracts, and those people have families that they're feeding, and you know not to not to get all all melancholy about this, but that it, they're people, and they're going to react in a way that protects them yeah. <laughs> so this this can be hard
0: yeah, this is a really busy time for both the industry side and the government side because. You have one contract ramping down and another one going up. Whether or not the incumbent won or lost, whether or not they won or lost, that's everything. Whether the incumbent won (laughs) or lost, there's still two contracts in play and you're shifting from one to the next. Yeah. This is important to talk about because we spent so much time talking about the pre-award acquisition kind of thing. We've talked a bit about the post-award world. Post-award is actually life. That's the work. That's what's going on. There's people that live entirely in the acquisition world and just keep recycling that. We awarded a contract, we go on to the next. Award a contract, go on to the next. Most people don't even aren't even a part of that cycle. It's contract starts, I build, deliver, do whatever I have to do. Next contract starts, I build, deliver, do whatever I have to do. And yeah. They never touch the acquisition side. So this... These zones are for all of the people that don't do the acquisition part but have to deal with contract administration.
1: And, and delivery. I mean, the, the example would be on one of the uh, one of the pieces of equipment, we'll call it that way, that I, that I bought when I was at Special Operations Command. I interfaced with probably three or four people throughout the whole entire source selection. When they won the contract, and we went out to their facility and we had the kickoff meeting and I actually saw their facilities and met all the people that were delivering it. They had like 100 employees who work in their production plant that... All of them are doing something. So right there is a ratio of you know, four to a hundred. <laughs> There's a hundred people who are touching the delivery of this $40 million contract, but only four people really interfaced with me, like a business development guy, a proposal manager, a CEO, and a contracts guy. Well, yep. and again, it's, And if you're building
0: a ship or a plane, the ratio is even, yeah. even bigger to the performance side.
1: Oh, that'll be a, a fun We should test it and see, is it, is it 5%? <laughs> is
0: <the> ratio? <laughs> it's not even close to 5%, i will bet. So yeah, a, awarding a contract is Step one, it's one step. But delivery is the important part. That's the whole reason that you're doing all of the one step, the all of the acquisition stuff is to get to the delivery thing. So most people on the government side especially, they only care about that acquisition time zone as a means to get to the acquisition execution zones. Except for the acquisition people who are just going to recycle and keep doing the acquisition (laughs) over and over again. But most people just want to get that part over with so they can get back to executing.
1: And this is the part where the customer gets what they want. I mean, the analogy that comes to mind for me is that there's a a phrase that planning without execution is useless and, and likewise. Well, you have to have both sides. Both sides, there's pre-award, there's post-award of contracts. You kind of only have two pieces, right? Well, the post-award is what we're talking about here where we're delivering the stuff, and that's what the customer really wants. I mean, we as contracts professionals, our job is to take the person who, can, who needs something and connect them with the person who can make it. Well, the delivery is when that person who needed something actually gets it. <laughs> and that's, yeah. That was kind of the whole point here.
0: From the industry side, the acquisition time zones are just a means to an end. This is how you win the work. But the execution, the performance of this, that's the gateway to the next sale. That's why before when we were talking about the recompete happening from the day you win the award, this is how you impress the customer. This is where you make them fall in love with your product or your services so that if it is recompeted, you have a natural advantage as an incumbent.
1: And yeah, we're not talking just about past performance and and the the linear term of how it's used during a source selection, but all the things that you gain through performing you get better at things, you get more profitable, you learn your customer better, you learn your employees better. All that stuff is happening during this performance phase. I at don't least think you, it you is, hope
0: it's happening anyway.
1: Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> make a podcast about that too. But all of those things are happening during their performance. So rather than get hung up in the ratio of what's pre-award versus post-award, just understand that post-award is never to be ignored <laughs> <laughs> because it it makes such a difference in whether or not you're successful as a government contractor. Yeah, that's and that's-
0: if you're if you're a person that's working in the acquisition time zones exclusively you can forget that the reason the whole reason you're doing that is to get to the execution zones and actually deliver stuff it's not just about another successful acquisition because contract award is not the successful part of the acquisition it's when the stuff is delivered at the end of the execution time zones that you had a successful acquisition
1: and that's a really good point that as a, as someone who'd spent most of my time doing source selection. I did probably 10 times more of source selection and, and awarding of contracts than I did of administering them. Right, So I'm a, I'm a case example of that. Is that. To me, success was, hey, we awarded this, the, protest, the protests, didn't, we didn't get any, or they're all done or whatever, and now the contract is delivered, and now I hand it to the Defense Contract Management Agency. And, and yeah. I'm off
0: to the next fun source selection,
1: here we go. Right. And I, I may have just mailed them a turd, I don't
0: right, know. Right, right. You don't get the learning if you're not on the execution side.
1: Yeah, so it's important to understand both. And that's why it was time to finally do an execution's time zone podcast episode.
0: Right, and it's time now to do four more and get more into the details. <laughs> yeah, this is, yes. again, good job just skimming the surface of these, Kevin.
1: That was, that was the goal. I'm not sure if I actually met it. I got a little long-winded.
0: Barely. Before we wrap this up, let me summarize. Again, honeymoon zone, Yay, we're getting started. Performance zone, we're doing the work. Recompete zone, we're back into the acquisition process again. Probably writing a proposal while we're performing or conducting a source selection while managing the final stages of the contract. And then the wrap up zone is co- new contract has been awarded, incumbent won or lost, but there's probably a period where a crossover period between one and the next.
1: All right, thanks for joining us. Uh, heads up, we now have the Government Contracting Network group on Facebook. It's starting to grow a little bit. We're posting all kinds of stuff like these podcasts in it. Um, so there's there more content in there. If you want to learn more about us on, on Facebook, that's the best place to go.
0: Don't forget, send your topics to me at paul at com. That's where we get a lot of content for the podcast. We've actually talked about the execution time zones so much that people have started to ask, what are you talking about? (laughs) There are no execution time zone (laughs) podcasts. So so, now there are, yeah, good, good reminder to actually follow up with that. All right, Kevin, talk to you later. See you, Paul. All right. That's it for another episode of the contracting officer podcast. As always, if you have questions, comments, or complaints, send me an email at paul at contracting officer podcast.com. Thanks for joining us.